The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. In today's episode, Trident Room host Mike Wish sits down and has a drink with senior Marine and NPS alumni, Colonel Randy Pugh. Uh, we're excited to find out exactly what it is that the Senior Marine and the Senior Marine Office does here at MPS, which is, as I discovered last summer, actually quite a lot. And also, this is a particularly unique circumstance, given that there are many Marines on MPS now that have never met you in person outside of a, the occasional Zoom call. And there are a lot of Marines headed here this summer that, while we may end up being in classes uh, or have the opportunity to meet you in person, certainly on the, on, on the initial contact with MPS, there's a strong chance they might not actually meet you in person. So welcome, and we're happy to have you here. Great. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Look forward to it. So let's just start with uh, your, your general background. You've been in the Marine Corps quite a long time. Uh, how did that journey begin for you, and how did you end up here at MPS not once but twice? So it's a long story, but uh, but it basically starts in Annapolis, Maryland, which is where I was born, and I uh, grew up about two and a half blocks from the Naval Academy, which is kind of a strange experience in that uh, you know you go to school with kids in elementary and high school that were uh, children of people that were at the Naval Academy as staff or faculty, and so I never really uh, saw myself going to the Naval Academy. So. Ended up taking a different path, which was through Paris Island, South Carolina, as a uh, as reservist. I was a combat engineer, and then uh, as a reservist, I went back to Annapolis, and through a series of fortuitous events, um, actually ended up getting into the Naval Academy. So, uh, much to my surprise, so that was uh, that was how I became a Marine officer, and then. Uh, Went to, went to the basic school and chose signals intelligence, went to Radio Battalion out in Hawaii. And at the end of my tour in Radio Battalion, this is uh, 1999, um, was interested in furthering my education. I had a bachelor's of science degree in history from the Naval Academy, which is strange. All the graduates in the Naval Academy get a bachelor's of science degree. But it was in history, and so I, I found myself getting uh, being increasingly interested in you know, engineering and science uh, and math kind of things. So um, asked, applied to the, at the time, special education program, uh, which was different back in the day. You had to basically volunteer to come to NPS uh, and was selected. So came here to the Naval Postgraduate School, uh, 99 to 2001. I was in the computer science curriculum and I did the, the first offering that they had for software engineering as one of the tracks in the computer science uh, curriculum. Graduated, went on to do my utilization tour. It was strange times because I graduated in 2001 and went to Marine Corps Systems Command just as uh, uh, the global war on terrorism started. So I was in school there when uh, the planes flew into the Twin Towers and in the Pentagon. And so we used the like, knowledge and skills and experiences that I had at MPS directly to build and uh, design, build and uh, deliver signals intelligence and intelligence systems to the Marines in, that were in Iraq. And then, you know, a year later to myself, because I was deployed to Iraq uh, while I was at Systems Command. So anyway, it was, I, I felt it was like a transformative experience, what I had gotten at MPS, and gave me the ability to do things that I couldn't have done without, and that other Marines couldn't do um, that hadn't been to the Naval Postgraduate School. So 
that was always kind of lingering in the back of my mind. Fast forward in time to the summer of uh, 2019, and I was just finishing up command of Marine Corps Intel schools, and uh, I got a phone call from, at the time, uh, Brigadier General Bowers, who was the president of Marine Corps University, saying, uh, how would you like to come out and be the senior Marine at the Naval Postgraduate School? So uh, he didn't even get to the last word before I accepted, and, uh, and that's how I got here with I think the um, the desire to give other people the kind of experience that I had had, and really to give the Marine Corps this whole uh, cadre of officers and staff NCOs that could go out and do you know extraordinary things based on what they had gotten at the Naval Postgraduate School. So that is uh, yeah whatever twenty eight years or whatever summarized in in fifteen sentences. So let's let's back up because I want to cover some of these uh, these series of fortunate events. Um, the first being your experience in and around Annapolis, I know that you happen to have worked, uh, on the, on the campus grounds in some capacity before being a midshipman. So could you just, uh, explore that a little bit and, and, and how did you end up going from that particular occupation to midshipman down the road? Yeah. So I left out the part of like, I had no business being at the Naval Academy because, uh, yeah, that was like the townie or whatever that, uh, that it not only lived out in Annapolis, but I worked at the uh, at the officers' club as uh, started as a dishwasher, and then worked my way up to busboy, and eventually uh, waiter, uh, and then I was even like the maitre d or whatever, like seating people at Sunday brunch. So it's not you know it's not a, uh, a glamorous um, you know story of like how I prepared myself for uh, the future. But it was pretty cool because being at the um, officers' club and being at the naval academy. It was always filled with alumni that were coming back. And so on any given Sunday, you know, you were seating a Medal of Honor winner or, you know, a, a World War II, like legitimate hero of World War II. You know, I was waiting on their table or whatever it is. So I got to rub shoulders with, you know, all these uh, legends of naval history um, on an intimate basis uh, because I worked at the officers club which is probably, you know, I had more interaction there as a, an 18 or 19 year old kid uh, than I've had since then with, uh, with you know, these legends of naval history. So I bet that was a really cool experience. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool start. So, yeah. Uh, and, and you I, were... Uh, I waited on the commandant once. So, oh, excellent. Yeah. And you were discovered of sorts there, right? I mean, that's, that's uh, how you made that transition was that someone uh, maybe saw something in you that maybe you hadn't seen in yourself at that point, right? Yeah, so uh, credit where credit is due, it was um, uh, Commander uh, Bob McCabe who was living in the uh, BOQ above the officers club. And he used to come down uh, and sit at the bar and watch sports and eat dinner. He was a geo batch at the time, waiting for his wife to, uh, was also in the Navy to show up. And um, yeah, we got to know each other. And uh, he's the one that talked me into putting in an application to the Naval Academy, which I guess is another one of those life lessons or whatever that I've carried with me the whole time, which is, you know, sometimes people don't have the courage or see within themselves uh, things that they're capable of doing, and so it takes a leader to uh, to kind of coax them out of it, and you know, put their hand on your shoulder as you're as you're like getting uh, in, being put into that process, and you know, taking on the challenges that uh, that that you can take on, and and it is pretty cool for somebody that senior to to say nice things about you and see things in you that uh, that you don't necessarily see in yourself. 
Well, the Marie Corps and NPS are certainly better for it for his foresight. So, <laughs> yep, yet to be determined. So, every yeah. day, gotta gotta earn it. So, so let's fast forward a little bit uh, to your utilization tour. I know some of the Marines here uh, or prospective students may be concerned about how applicable is their utilization tour going to be. And obviously, everyone has a different experience. But in your experience, it sounds like you took everything that you learned and put it into your everyday job. And that was also an incredibly interesting, although difficult time to be in the Marine Corps and to be in that particular position at CISCOM, where we were still using 70s, 60s equipment, I think, in some cases. And the Marine Corps experienced this massive influx of money and toys that we're trying to test and field in an incredibly rapid timeline and difficult environment to Marines that were out on the ground. So if you could go through your experience about what is it, what did NPS provide you with in terms of tools, knowledge, skills that helped you in that job? And then also the fun of getting this massive influx of stuff that the Marine Corps is not used to, and then also the challenges of trying to make sure that that stuff is useful for the Marine on the ground who is in combat and needs it yesterday. Yeah, so a lot of things that uh, that we could talk about here. I think t- two big ones, and you know, the, the first one is the you know the knowledge and skills thing that you talk about. So coming to the Naval Postgraduate School and you know, you take courses and you learn about things that, you know, relational database class or whatever it is, like, I had no idea how that worked. And at the end of the class, like, you do know how it works. And and, it, and they build on each other. So as progressive as you go through your time here and you're gaining this additional, you know, expertise as you go forward. And you know, that is incredibly important when you get dropped into a place like Systems Command and you know, all the complexity of the acquisition process, but also all the technical complexity of the things that you're uh, trying to build. I think that's important, but the most important part, as I look back on it, is um, is this ability to, you know, intellectual curiosity and the, the ability to think critically about things and, and creatively solve problems. And, and I think you do that every day at NPS, you know, whether it's a project for a class or certainly the research and writing of a thesis, it is um, it is both you know divergent and convergent. So you know you, you have to open up the aperture and take in all of these different ideas, and you know some of them are in uh, direct competition or conflict with each other, and you have to kind of rationalize which one you believe more, or go find more evidence to support one or the other. And then, you know, once you've got all of these scraps laid out on the table, then you have to you have to make a decision. You have to come up with some conclusion that prove or disprove your thesis. And uh, and that ability to kind of open and close the aperture as you're making your way through that process. Um, and when I left MPS and went to Systems Command, you know, you start doing that on a daily basis for across you know a number of projects. And it, and it is, it's a rare skill. It's like, you know, we talk about the School of Advanced Warfighting and these Jedis, you know, that can do uh, MAGTAF planning or the Marine Corps planning process and are just wizards at how they do that. Uh, it's a similar skill, I think, only this one is kind of broadly applicable to all kinds of things, uh, whether that's acquisition or whether that's operations. And it is, uh, and it is a talent and it's, and it's kind of, identified and, um, and nurtured here at, uh, at the Naval Postgraduate School. 
and then realize during the utilization tour with, uh, when you get the experience to go with the expertise that you got at MPS. Well, let's fast forward again. Uh, you're now the senior Marine here at NPS, and there, I think maybe at the outsider's perspective is that there's a lot of golf and beach activities with a little bit of school. Um, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have that picture a little bit in my mind when I came here. And I was fortunate enough to come here a quarter early for some personal circumstances. And the deal was that I would go help the senior Marine office out. And I thought I was getting a total hookup. And I was wrong. It's an incredible amount of work. There's a lot that goes on. I'm very fortunate to have had that experience, actually, looking back on it now. Um, but in coming here, I did not know what the senior Marine office did. I knew there was a senior Marine, there was a deputy senior Marine, and then there was going to be me. And when I got here, I realized that that one office is running what is essentially a battalion's worth of Marines. Now, the senior Marine office gets an incredible amount of support from the Mardet down at Presidio Monterey. But what is it exactly that the senior Marine office is responsible for? And how is it that only a few people are managing to keep up with that workload? Yeah, so uh, your recruiter lied to you. Sorry. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that you thought you were getting a hookup from the Marine Corps. But um, yeah. That, uh, that should have been my first clue that something was afoot, right? Yeah. yeah. Now you know. Yeah, but don't tell anybody else um, because they won't show up here. Like the, 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 the secret will be out. But the um, that the there's at any one time I don't know, 320 maybe at the or I'm sorry 220 at the low end and 300 at the top end uh, Marines that are at MPS. So there are uh, six Marines that are getting their PhD. There are the majority of uh, the Marines are getting their master's degree. The majority are majors and captains. And then we do have uh, some staff NCOs here as well. Masters of Applied Cyberspace Ops and the Foreign Area Staff NCO program and some others. And um, so the primary job of the senior Marine office is to care for the Marines and care for their families and make sure that, you know, they have, uh, you have all the things that you need to be successful. And sometimes that's uh, dealing with your studies or classes or your thesis. And sometimes that's other things like, you know, people, you know, families have babies and have parents who get sick or pass away or have, you know, family emergencies or you know, all number of things, uh, issues with housing. And so a big part of the senior Marine office is, you know, making sure that all of that is taken care of so that you can focus on, you know, reconnecting with your family is important. Uh, having a positive experience, both you and your family while you're at MPS. And then certainly, you know, gaining that knowledge and skills and experiences uh, that I talked about earlier to take take forward to your utilization tour. So, um, so that's one full time job. The other full time job is uh, bringing to the Marine Corps' attention, um, you know, what what goes on out here. So I I would argue that you know, as far as you know, talent density or something, uh, the Naval Postgraduate School is just you know head and shoulders above any other unit in the Marine Corps. And because CCLEB and CPIB uh, are picking Marines, and the staff and CO programs, are picking Marines to come to MPS uh, based on their professional competence, you know, your fitness report, and how good a, a MAGTAF officer or a Marine you are in your primary MOS and other duties, 
uh, we get the best, you know, from from the batch kind of thing. And then you also get people who have the aptitude to come and get a master's degree or PhD. And so you get this huge intellectual capability um, or capacity on that side too. So all of that uh, multiplied times 300, people going to class and learning things and uh, doing projects within their courses, and then you know writing this you know opus or whatever that will be your thesis, nine months to 12 months worth of research, you know on some really complex problem, and then you know 100 pages of text that breaks the whole thing down and then synthesizes these insights at the end. Like, man, we should be taking care, you know, taking advantage of all of that. And, uh, and so one of the other really important jobs I have is ensuring that we can make connections between um, the Marines that are here and what they're interested in doing or what they're passionate about or what they're learning. And then also the Marine Corps, whether that's the fleet, uh, the supporting establishment or the headquarters and people that need problems solved. So we have a resource supply, uh, you know, research supply at MPS, and we have research demand in the headquarters supporting establishment and the fleet. And so one of my jobs is that broker to link those things up and, you know, put people in contact and, and bring it uh, to people's awareness of the talent that's here that can be leveraged to solve some of the hard problems for the Marine Corps. Well, I think you're right. It's a, you might boil it down to a marketing issue, right? Where I, I think that there's a large segment of the uh, DOD population that is not aware of the caliber, quality, and quantity of work that is done here. Uh, I myself, as an artillery instructor uh, at Fort Sill, didn't know how many artillerymen were coming through and doing thesis work on difficult artillery problems which would have been great knowledge for those subject matter experts teaching that particular uh, you know field to to be aware of and to um, even even request you know have ask questions and and take a look at the current research that's going on. So it, how are we? What systems are we using? And you know what what capabilities are we employing here at MPS to try to match the need that is out there in the fleet and in the force? with uh, the, uh, the supply, as you say, here at MPS? Yeah, before, I, uh, before I answer that question, one important point that, uh, that you reminded me of as you were talking, which is the other thing that MPS, kind of the, the magic or whatever of MPS, is the diversity of the student body. So there's 1,500 students, uh, 300 of them are Marines. There's a, a large contingent of international officers. Every service is represented. You have everything from uh, uh, you know, until just recently, an NCO all the way to, you know, lieutenant colonels and, uh, and captains or colonels, and, uh, and all from different MOSs or war fighting areas, and all from, you know, the four corners of the globe, you know, based on their uh, tours that they have uh, accomplished in the past or just came from. And so the other thing that you get is you get a lot of artillery officers at MPS that are researching something related to artillery, uh, but you also have people that were uh, intelligence officers or people that were FA-18 pilots or people that were logisticians. And everybody is looking at this problem through a different lens, uh, which, you know, this diversity of experiences and diversity of thought uh, and expertise allows you to solve these really complex problems in ways that you can't with just a bunch of artillery officers. Um, and, and, and just to follow that thought, we also get you come to MPS based on your um, ability to complete a curriculum 
And so what you end up with is somebody who was an adjutant who's here doing space systems. And so, you know, that is in many ways, uh, you know, a positive thing because a whole different perspective on things, a whole new injection of different experiences and insights that you would never get if you just took Intel people or comm people and put them in space systems. So uh, that diversity, how do we harness all of that at MPS? And then to get to your question, uh, finally, uh, how do we harness it at MPS, but then also make those connections outside of MPS to the, to the larger enterprise? Um, and so I think the answer to all of our, you know, all our hopes and dreams is a system that we're building called Athena. So we chose the name Athena because Athena is the goddess of wisdom and the goddess of war. And the idea is to link together the PhDs and the very technical uh, depth that we have at MPS with the operational experience and warfighting experience that we have uh, with the student body at MPS. And so what Athena is, it's a cloud-based system. It dips a straw into half a dozen different databases that contain uh, completed research, ongoing research, or potential topics for future research, and then organizes them into communities of interest. So you tell me what you're interested in, and uh, swarming drones or fire, fire control, um, fire support coordination, say. And so uh, we cluster all of the completed, ongoing, and potential topics for future research about uh, fire control or fire support coordination. And then while you're there, you'll see that research. And then you'll also meet other people that had similar interests. And so it is, you know, we call it a marketplace of ideas. And so in this marketplace, you know, you wander into the mall and you go to the store that you're interested in. And then inside the store, you'll find things that interest you. But you'll also find other people that are browsing the shelves, you know, while you're there. And the idea is that you can link up there with fellow researchers, uh, with research sponsors, and then kind of most importantly, at least in my mind, are the consumers of your research. So when you're done writing your thesis, who's going to read it? Uh, you will have met them on Athena and established them as part of your research team. So uh, getting data, getting you know, money for TAD, getting uh, advocacy, finding people that fill uh, talent holes in your team can all be done through Athena. And then most importantly, again, you know, a place to... to, to hand it when you're done and somebody to implement whatever it is that you've discovered. Yeah, not to backtrack too far, but you're absolutely right. When I got here last summer before classes started, I was on the Deadly Knox library site and I was looking through for cool artillery thesis work that had been done in the past. And not all of it was done by artillery officers. In fact, one of them was done by a naval officer. Uh, so you're absolutely right that uh, one of the nice things is that when you get this group of people here with their varied interests, they, it may not exactly match up with their current military occupational specialty, uh, but if they're fascinated by drone swarming, say, um, then they can contribute significantly to an area of research that's needed. Um, and then, of course, broaden their own horizons and, and that of, of their fellow students as well. But um, so Athena uh, is up and running now, right? And a student, prospective student who might be checking in here in a month or two could log on and start to uh, surf the shelves, uh, as you say, for potential projects and research to work on. And Athena is not just for students, right? Uh, if there's someone in the force or in the fleet uh, that is looking potentially at what research has been done in a particular area of need or looking for a student that they are hoping to get on board with something that they need, they could, they could find them that way, right? 
Yeah, so there's a prototype that we built uh, that's up and running. It's only available inside of uh, MPS. So if you have an mps.edu email account, you can get to it. And you can see all the completed, ongoing, and uh, potential topics for future research in there. And it's organized by those communities of interest. And so right now, if you're a student and you're, you know, and you either want to see what was done, what's being, what has been done, what is being done, or what you might do, uh, you, you can certainly go on there and, uh, and find those things. We're working right now to, uh, to build a, an improved version. Um, the idea will be that it is a collaborative research tool, so not just thesis Tinder, where you can uh, you know, swipe left or right depending on whether you like a topic or not. Um, but also, once you meet people there, uh, it will provide you the ability to spin off teams and do collaboration, you know, share files back and forth, or uh, you know, do, do things related to doing cooperative research uh, as part of the tool. So that, uh, that will uh, be available both inside of MPS and then also to you know, external stakeholders so that, uh, so that we can get the fleet involved and we can get the systems command involved and we can get uh, Marine Corps Warfighting Lab and the headquarters involved. Um, so all of that uh, is is in the works uh, to be revealed uh, soon, I hope. Excellent. Yeah, it's definitely a, a logistics and coordination and information problem. Uh, very similar to, I think, what, not that I have any expertise in this area, but maybe what uh, the country went through after 9-11, sinking the, the various um, intelligence activities, right, so that everyone was talking to each other, the FBI and the CIA, right, and, and being able to build a picture of what's actually happening and, and what's needed and where where we need to focus. So Athena is a system that helps us do that. I think a lot of students have also heard a lot about NWSI, Naval Warfare Studies Institute. How is that different from Athena, and how is that also attacking this this problem of marrying up uh, potential research topics and work with the needs of the fleet and the force? So uh, I think Athena and NWSI share the same uh, intent, which is basically to uh, make available to the fleet and the headquarters all of the capability and capacity that's at NPS. So uh, Athena is inside of NWSI. NWSI is a larger idea, and that is uh, to one provide like a 1-800 number for NPS. If you've never been to NPS, you don't know anything about NPS. You just generally understand it's a lot of smart people, you know, that are here uh, that could help you. Uh, you just go to nwsi at nps.edu and you type in your question and uh, somebody will be there to basically broker the relationships that you need to have. Whether that's linking you up with research that's already been done or uh, providing you a subject matter expert. So, uh, for example, we have warfare chairs in all these different areas, naval aviation, undersea warfare, surface warfare, expeditionary warfare. Uh, so if you have a question about any of those things, uh, we can link you up with you know, somebody with 20 to 30 years of experience in, in that area, uh, as well as you know, PhDs that are working on cutting-edge research related to that area. So that, uh, that 1-800 you know, uh, easy help desk to get in, in, into MPS is one big function. Uh, I talked about Athena and basically brokering, you know, linking up supply and demand of research is another thing that we'll do in, uh, that we do within NWSI. And then uh, the other thing I think is really important about NWSI is just 
ensuring that inside of MPS, uh, the faculty and students are kept current on what's going on in the Navy and Marine Corps. So the other day we held what we call a sea power conversation. It was an interview with uh, the three authors of the Tri-Service Maritime Strategy. So one Navy captain, one Marine colonel, and one uh, Coast Guard commander. And the interview was about the Tri-Service Maritime Strategy and why it was written and kind of the big pillars of ideas that were inside of the strategy, really so that the students here and the faculty here could be, uh, you know, keep in sync, stay aligned and shoulder to shoulder with the, the services as they go forward with new concepts or new capabilities. So we talk about um, distributed maritime operations and expeditionary advanced space operations. Um, you know, what does the new uh, MCDP on competing like what is that? What it, you know? What does that mean? And why did the Marine Corps write it? And what are the implications for what that means for Marine Corps operations? All of that, so that we can um, be consistent and uh, and complementary to the direction that the Marine Corps and Navy are going. So there are lots of change right now. Commandant's planning guidance, you know, uh, soaked in the blood of sacred cows, as it has been said, uh, as well as the uh, as the CNO's NAV plan. And so with all of this dynamic change going on, we need to make sure that, you know, inside of MPS, we never lose step with what's going on. So NWSI uh, seeks to do that through, um, you know, providing resources um, and information and, and um, services to the faculty and students. Well, it's a fantastic program, and this is really a unique place to be. I, I can recall probably at the younger ranks, at any time that guidance came out, it seems to come out out of the blue and especially if it takes the Marine Corps in a different direction, uh, you see a lot of resistance to that, right? Where you know we tend to want to do things the way we've always done. And without any context for the discussion and OPTs and wargaming that has gone into a lot of those things, it's easy to get stuck in that mindset. But to have an opportunity, uh, as the example that you use there, where you have the authors present and you can ask questions and you can see where that guidance is coming from and where the service is going, I think is a is pretty fantastic opportunity. Yeah, I, I, that's a great uh, observation. So, you know, the goodness is in the planning, not in the plan. Right. And so if you didn't sit in the room, like it's all, like all you see is the answer with the box around it at the end. Exactly. Uh, but the ability to go back and like, hey, can you show me the math, how you got here? And, uh, and, and by doing that, I think people, one, you know, demystifies it, but two, also like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I'm on board with that. I'm on the team. And, uh, and, and it sure makes things easier going forward when you don't have either passive resistance or just, you know, a misunderstanding about why it's there at all. Or apathy, right? It, you know, yeah, just, or, or just waiting it out. That's or right. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 We'll have another commandant shortly. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, so the senior Marine office is busy, is I think the uh, the moral of the story there. And uh, But uh, I can say firsthand that uh, you and Lieutenant Colonel Forbell do a fantastic job. Um, and for only a two-person office, essentially, now Katie's on board and helping out, uh, that there's a lot of work being done in there and that everybody cares about the Marines and everybody's actively working hard to solve problems. And the student staff is great, too come on for about six month rotations to help uh, get new Marines in and get folks settled and, and work through problems as well. So, yeah, so two, two last thoughts based on that, which is, yeah, we're busy, but we're never too busy to take care of the Marines. So whatever it is that we're working on, the number one priority is taking care of the Marines. Um, I think everyone learns early in their career, like take care of the Marines, Marines will take care of the mission. So at MPS, 
that means taking care of you as students. So we'll drop everything if you need something. So don't uh, don't think we're too busy to uh, to take care of whatever it is that you need to have done, no matter how big or small you know it may be. And then uh, the second thing that I would like to end with is we couldn't do it without the students. So um, you know the, the three of us certainly like all that work is not being done by three of us. And so we have student staff that volunteer and. Uh, Marines that, you know, when something comes up, we put out the word and people jump to, uh, to help out. So it's pretty cool to be part of this community. It's, it's clearly like everyone is pulling on the rope uh, as much as they possibly can based on their own personal circumstances. And, uh, and if you need somebody to carry your pack, like that's fine because everybody recognizes that, uh, that you'll be carrying theirs you know, sooner or later. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool um, unit to be part of and, uh, and privileged to be the senior Marine. Well, uh, final question here as we as we wrap up. Then, as we ha there are a lot of new Marines coming this summer. In fact, we just had a, a Zoom call for the Marines and, and their spouses uh, yesterday. And um, one of the things that the Marines will have the opportunity to do when they get here, if they're not able to meet you in person, is that each one of them is going to get a thirty-minute Zoom call uh, with you, kind of an an in, an in call. Um, which, unfortunately, because of the number of students, it takes quite some time for you to be able to get those done. I, I know that having scheduled them for about five months. Yeah, 60 hours. <laughs> yeah. fine. But, um, it, you know, to save maybe yourself from, from having to, to repeat the same things to 130-ish uh, Marines over the next five months, what is it you'd like to communicate to them as they come on board uh, and as they're looking forward to checking in and starting their studies and getting to work? Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing is find balance in your life. So this is, uh, this is a very unique opportunity. You have plenty of work that needs to be done, but you have a lot of control about when you do it. And so you know, find balance in your life. And sometimes that means pushing your kids on the swing set at noon. And sometimes that means going to the library and working till 9 o'clock at night, you know, studying for an exam or whatever it is. Um, but don't you know, figure out where all those different dials need to be set based on the things that are important in your life. And work towards you know regaining balance in your life while you're here, and that will set you up for success at MPS and for the rest of your career, so that you can sustain a 20 or 30 year career without your family resenting you or uh, or you know you resenting the Marine Corps kind of thing. And then the second I think thing that I would tell people, or I tell people every time when we meet, which is you know you know best what you should be researching and which courses you should be taking and everything else. Uh, everybody that comes to MPS is, you know, committed to the Marine Corps. You know, you you knew what you, your recruiter may have lied to you the first time or whatever, but you knew damn well what you were getting into when you came to MPS. So, um, you know, people that are committed to the Marine Corps make good choices based on what the Marine Corps needs. So don't wait for me to tell you or your program officer to tell you or, you know, some external, you know, action or, or you know, influence on your actions. Um, you know, just get after it. You know what the Marine Corps needs. If, if you, know, you know, if you need help, come ask. And then, you know, intent-based orders, go out and, and do it. And it's an adult learning model, which means take the classes you think you need to take, you know, pick the thesis topic you need to pick, do the research you need to do. And, uh, and we're here just to, to support you while you're doing it. And, uh, and that's actually maybe the best part of this job is, you know, 93 majors and the rest captains and you know, gunnies and master sergeants kind of thing. Um, you know, everybody is just, you know, executing with, with aggression, kind of thing, the plan. 
and all my job is is to uh, is to do what I can to support each and every one of them as you're getting after it. Perfect. Thanks so much for taking your time to be with us today, sir. Thanks, Mike. Great privilege. Thanks. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. This episode was recorded March 8, 2021. For more information about today's guests and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tridentroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash tridentroompodcast.